Hi, everybody. Glad to see you here. This is going to be a fun conversation with Wendy Whalen. She uh, spent much of her life as a principal dancer with the New York City Ballet. She's originally from Kentucky. Um, there's no connection Louisville? between those two things, uh, is no, there? No, there's <laughs> not, yeah. She's added a couple really fascinating things. She's been um, not only a ballerina, but also a muse. You have to admit it. And she's added movie star to her oh. resume just lately. And she's also added stager, which is the very first time she's staged a work, and she staged pictures at an exhibition for us. So we're thrilled to have her here. It's been a great rapport with the dancers. And how do you like Seattle, first of all? I love Seattle. Good, I love good it. Yeah, it's great. You guys are lucky. Yeah. <laughs> we, we've been saying move here. I think that's not a bad idea, so we'll keep working on that. It depends on how you treat her tonight. We'll see how that goes. So, What's it like staging a ballet? Because this is your first time. Is it nerve-wracking? Um, it was. Uh, I almost pulled out like three times because I was like, I can't do this. It was really one of the hardest things I've ever done in my life. Um, put it, pulling out a different side of my brain uh, from the dancer brain to the stager brain, kind of going into the work uh, really internally and working with all the facets of the piece, the musicality, the timing, the counts, the movements, the designs, uh, oh, everything. I've only, always had to just worry about myself, and that was hard enough, but then, you know, 10 people and 20 people now and two casts, so... This is an intricate piece. I can't wait for you to see it. But it, it is dense, isn't it? They're, they're very complicated. Yeah. It's not just a series of solos or patadas either. There's some dense group dances. And very each section is very, very different from the next. So they're, yeah. Um, Wendy was getting ready to retire from the New York City Ballet. And Alexei called you, right, on the phone? or He texted me. Texted? Yeah, he texted me. He had already started working on pictures at an exhibition. I retired in the fall of 2014 um, on your birthday, 2014. He couldn't be there because he was turning another age. Um, <laughs> so, but um, I guess it was September, and I retired in October, and I get this text, and he'd already started working on this piece, and I'd been in every piece that he'd made at New York City Ballet up till then, and so I prided myself on being um, used by him. And I thought, oh, well, there's no way I'll be in this one. Wah, 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 crying. Not really, but I, but I, just, I was a little bit sad, because I just thought, there's, there's no time. I'm gonna get this text, I really want you to be in this piece. I was like, do you, you know I'm leaving in like three weeks. <laughs> you know, I'd only do this for like four shows and then I'm done. He goes, that's, that's I just, I can, can I say this? He, he, he said, I can only think of you when I hear this music. And I was like, very honored. So I said, pinch me, is this real? Of, of course I would do this. So, and it was the greatest gift to retire on a new piece of his. You know, he was here. It's interesting because Wendy did a week with us or two weeks? Two. Two weeks. Then she had to go We'll talk about that. Yeah. She had to oversee this opening of this documentary film that she's the subject of, which we're going to talk about in a little bit. And Alexei came in the meantime when Wendy wasn't here, then Wendy's come back for the opening. But Alexei, I asked him about a part at the end. Uh, one dancer walks forward, and it's very community-based yeah. piece, and that one dancer just touches the stage. Mm -hmm. And it reminded me so much of Dances yeah. at a Gathering, and I asked him if he was referencing that moment. He said, no, I just felt Wendy should touch the New York State Theater oh. stage at that time with everybody watching. Oh. 
oh, oh, because I said this to him the same thing. I said, this is, you know, this is in Dances at a Gathering. Do you want to keep it in? Because it's already, Jerry Robbins did this. Yeah. And he was like, oh, really? And <laughs> he didn't know. And um, that was, you know, there was no, nothing else that was done. And I was like, okay, I'll just be the brown boy, like from Dances at a Gathering. Yellow girl. I didn't know it was, I didn't know that. <laughs> it's, a, it's a beautiful, powerful moment, and dances ends in a more, much more somber way, but this is uplifting at the yeah. end. It's celebratory. Yeah, definitely. Now, were you one of those little three-year-olds that knew you wanted to be a ballerina? <laughs> well, I was a naughty three-year-old, and um, I was the middle child of three really close-in-age you know, toddlers, and um, I was clearly wanting to get out, and I used to jump on the baby sister, who is now a homicide detective. <laughs> so clearly she got the message to arm herself. Um, but I got thrown into ballet. They were like, get the middle one out of the house. And I, they put me in something in the afternoons. And that was it. I was like, my mom was like, but I thought you might come home. <laughs> I was like, no. <laughs> so, yeah. You, like so many people from our generation, had to leave home at a very young age yeah. and move to New York to advance your training. Mm -hmm. How old were you when you came to School of American Ballet? Um, I moved from Louisville when I was 15 years old by myself. No dorms then, right? No dorms, yeah. I, I luckily found a spot in the brownstone of Jacques D'Amboise. His family... Uh, he, his, he and his wife rented the third floor of their brownstone to four students, and there was one empty bed on the day I needed it. And so I got in, and I lived there for about five, four or five years. And Peter Bull was one of the first people I met that year. Yeah. We, um, I don't know how many of you read this Sunday New York Times, but in last Sunday's New York Times, there's an article written, oh yeah, you're author too, I forgot that. So yeah. there's an article written by Wendy, and it's an interesting series that they do. It's about firsts. They ask people what are their first experiences. But tell us what yours was about. It was quite a yeah, monumental they, moment. They said I could choose any first. They thought, well, do you want to talk about the first this, the first that? And I thought, well, the most significant first was the very first day I, I danced a Balanchine Ballet, which ironically was on the day he died. A couple hours after he passed away, I went on stage into his work for the first time and spent the next 33 years there. Um, Peter Bull was the star of the show that day. Um, yeah, so I wrote about the, the, that kind of crux of losing this person and entering his world as he left <laughs> his world. And, um, yeah, and, and it was interesting because Peter has a story that he wrote about the same day, and our facts were interesting. He had many more details, <laughs> and I think I might have lied in my writing, but... Um, Yours got published. I know. Did, so. <laughs> Fake news. Um, anyway, I thought there was a matinee that day, but he reminded me, no, there wasn't. There was just an evening, so anyway, just take that into consideration, and yeah. Well, now we've established also that you're a liar. I am a we liar. We can still go on and talk <laughs> An about author and a liar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Most are. Um, <laughs> You wrote something in the, I think it was in the Times piece that said that you almost had a relationship with Balanchine, but more that his choreography revealed himself to you over this 33-year period through the ballets. Because you danced basically every 
great role in every Balanchine ballet and, and core roles as well. Yeah, I, uh, I danced, I felt like I danced an arc of his work. And the first thing that I went into naturally was the neoclassical abstract Leotard Stravinsky ballets. That was my thing. Um, it's the first thing I fell in love with, and it was the first thing that Peter Martins thought I was suitable for. And um, so that was my first love, very athletic, angular, um, stringent, uh, abstract. And then I found my way in a little bit more into the classical works, like uh, Tchaikovsky Piano Concerto Number no. 2. Um, that's my, that was my favorite. Uh, lots of other things along the way, Stars and Stripes, Cortege Anglois, Swan Lake. Di Diamonds was such a great Symphony and C, Diamonds. Um, and then I spent a, it's kind of like my 20s was the abstract, my 30s was the technical, my 40s was the more romantic uh, bit. I did uh, Sonambula and Bram Schoenberg and a number of those things that I loved. But then, and I also did a lot of the new choreography at, at, during my 40s, 30s and 40s. So. We always had so many works created on us at the New York City Valley. It was really such a luxury. Choreographers were always picking Wendy. They, there was a little trend for a while. We called it the Mod Squad because they would yeah. pick Albert Evans, you and me. They yeah, we the, were the three always <laughs> together yeah. and things. Yeah. But um, it, the real turning point happened, I think, uh, I would pinpoint it to when Chris Wielden created Polyphonia. Mm -hmm. Am I right that yeah. that would be the first work? Um, from that moment on, Chris really dug into this artist, but also partnership with mm -hmm. Jacques Soto. And some of Chris's greatest works were created on Wendy. And not too long after, Alexei Ratmansky followed suit. Mm -hmm. um, and it was really sort of a, a wealth of riches, wasn't it? Or was it? Fun or well, annoying or for me it was amazing because I I clearly remember when I started working with Chris I had just turned thirty years old, and um, my life took a different uh, energy on and I had I had kind of worn myself out to a certain degree. I finally also felt I had earned something with the time I had put in. Um, I paid my dues enough that I could have a voice, and Chris wanted that voice to add to his work. So he allowed me to sort of contribute my person into his work. And I did 13 ballets with him. And um, soon after that, Alexei Retmansky came in, and, and I was also in each of his works that he made for New York City Ballet. And again, um, he, I felt like both of those guys are younger than me. <laughs> so I just, I just felt that they had... Um, some kind of respect that was different than an older choreographer. Um, they somehow, they had, they knew me from the past, they knew me in the present, and I think they, 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 they offered me something. I felt a little bit on a pedestal with them, so, yeah. yeah. The, this, more recently, um, those of you that have followed Wendy's career, and I wish this had come to Seattle, we would have loved it. But Wendy continued this idea of working with choreographers and fostering the creation of new works. Um, and outside of the New York City Ballet, you had sort of a pet project that became Restless Creature. Yeah. Um, tell us a little bit yeah. about that. Um, yeah, I, was, I knew I was getting ready to kind of look towards the future outside of ballet. And um, I knew I had these relationships with Chris and Alexei in particular where they, we were pretty much the same age um, and we were creating work together very 
closely. Um, we had great relationships, those choreographers and myself. Um, we could move with the same kind of physicality somewhat. Um, so I really wanted more of that. So I thought I wanted dance with the choreographer because I loved that feeling of being in the studio when they're making the work and dancing next to them trying to figure out what they want and develop it with them. So I had met a few choreographers along the way that, I, that really spoke to me and they were um, contemporary choreographers. One of them, the first one that I met and fell in love with was Kyle Abraham who became a MacArthur um, Award winner. Um, I just thought he was, he embodied this quality of movement that I wanted to feel. I knew I could never feel it because it so uniquely was him, but I thought I, he could teach me something about myself. So I had spoken to him Im immediately about doing something, and he kind of looked at me like I was crazy. He's like, really? I was like, no, really. And then a couple years later, I kept at it, and I met Brian Brooks, another contemporary choreographer who I fell in love with his work. But besides just their work, I, I loved these guys as people. And I knew I wanted to spend quality time with them um, just on a human level and an artistic level would follow. And I discovered a couple more choreographers. One of them was Alejandro Ceruto, who's choreographed here, um, and Joshua Beamish. And uh, so I chose those four guys and I asked them if they would make work on me to dance with me. And they all looked like looked at me like I had three heads. <laughs> and they're like, why? I was like, you don't understand, you know. So anyway, it all worked out. And I did a, a national tour of this project with them. And I took myself off point shoes. And I tried to um, Meryl Street my way into new vocabulary <laughs> and become different qualities of contemporary movement. So that's what I did. What you are not saying is that it was hugely successful, critically <laughs> successful, and absolutely sold out everywhere it went. Um, it had an interruption, though, along the way. It did. As your hip. It, Wendy yeah. was never injured in no. her time at New York City Ballet, which is, you cannot find just a dancer one that time, One but time that I was That one time was a good yeah. time. It came on strong. So <laughs> yeah. Talk about that process. Well, two, well two times. Um, I tore my plantar fascia on the stage of the Bolshoi in the middle of Herman Schmerman. And I, and I had to finish that piece. <laughs> and then I had to do another piece. Anyway, it's a long story. I have to get my book. Anyway, <laughs> but, um, that, but uh, then I came back on stage with you in the same piece uh, four months later. But then I developed, um, in 2012, an injury with my hip, which out of nowhere, I, and my hip just started to be incredibly painful. I couldn't lift it. I couldn't close fifth. And I was like, this is everything I have to do every day for my life and my career. And I could no longer do it. Um, and I was working on Restless Creature. So I thought these choreographers could, could offer me new ways of moving. And I could tell them what I can't do. And they would honor that. And so I built this piece on uh, a really painful hip. And then after, right after that premiered, in fact, a week after my week at the Jacob's Pillow, um, I had surgery on my hip. And um, nine months later, I got back on stage with New York City Ballet, just in time to sort of say goodbye to the ballet, um, but continue on with Restless Creature. So I took that on a national tour after I retired. 
from New York City Ballet. Yeah. These um, and you found projects working with Ed Watson. Um, yeah, I did. London as well. I did. Uh, as soon as soon as I retired from New York City Ballet, I had three projects in mind. One was touring Restless Creature, which was already developed, but we had I had a little bit of a better hip, so I could make it more my own. And then I did another project um, at the Royal Opera House with Ed Watson from the Royal Ballet, where we commissioned again five new pieces of work. Um, and then I did a, a new work at the BAM um, Next Wave Festival. It was a sort of a chamber opera dance theater production um, with a choreographer named David Newman and uh, the International Contemporary Ensemble and uh, two incredible opera singers in the Brooklyn Youth Chorus, and it was this huge thing. So trying to find different opportunities to explore dance and theater and uh, new ideas of myself outside of ballet, and yeah. We're going to talk a little bit about this documentary, which is I've had the pleasure of seeing it. It's coming to Seattle very soon. It's going to be at the Northwest Film Forum opening. I can't remember the date. But it's, it's in my phone. <laughs> <laughs> it's super, it's soon, so watch End for of it. July, beginning of August. Yeah, we'll, we'll post it. P&B will send it out so that people know about it. Um, unfortunately, I don't know how many screenings there are, and it's not a huge theater, so if you see it, grab a ticket. You will not be disappointed. But yeah. it's being released nationwide. Yeah. But the question that is addressed so beautifully by you and so honestly in this documentary is <laughs> aging and dancing don't always go together. Not always, and no. And there's a time <laughs> when people step aside and stop looking for new projects. And you've, you've helped to dispel the myth and break the mold by recognizing your value as an artist and carrying it forward. And letting go of a part of myself that, that was ready to let go. Is just being flexible with who you are at each stage of your life and um, do, making the best out of each of those stages because none of them are perfect. Um, they're always changing, um, but there's always um, something to strive for in it in each stage. When I think back to you as a 15-year-old and uh, somebody stepping into these major roles at New York City Ballet in your teens, really, you were a fascinating technician with like laser-like focus in leg and footwork. And you were at home on point shoes. That was where you yeah. lived. Mm -hmm. um, now you're in and I'm socks. no longer in <laughs> point shoes, yeah. In ballet slippers. And I actually Not even ballet slippers. Barefoot in socks. Barefoot I don't even socks. wear shoes. I go. For a piece yeah. like, some of you know the Padada from After the Rain, even that felt like a big departure because I'd not oh, seen yeah. you on stage without point shoes oh, yeah. and you were in slippers for When that. Christopher made After the Rain... And he took me off point shoes for the first time. That was in 2005. And I was so insulted. I was like, what do you, I can still dance on point. And it was just was weird. And I thought, because New York City Ballet is known to not, it's always kind of, is one of the requirements is usually contemporary choreographers come in, make work for point shoes. Sort of a known thing. I was like, are we going to get in trouble? Because <laughs> it's not on point. Um, so, and, and he had me doing slumped over things and I thought, God, he's, ma he's making me feel like I'm so old. Um, so I was, at first I was really confused by it and I was, I was really nervous about age and with it. But then I found that 
out what it really meant, and it was different than that. So it just took a while to kind of digest what he was giving me and make it positive, because I was immediately like scared about it. How many of you in this audience have seen that pot of the Good, that's many of you, not all of you. Um, we'll be bringing it back soon so you can see it. I sat through it and I was so taken with it. it I don't know if it was the premiere, um, but I turned to my wife and I said, wasn't that great? And she was like, <laughs> <laughs> but she was She's so, so emotional. deeply affected Aww. by this beauty that was new. Aww. And I think it's because it was experimental and it was Chris taking a step further and you taking a step yeah. further. Really. Yeah, we were, yeah daring ourselves to try something that we weren't really allowed to do almost, sort of. Will you but dance that piece again? You've danced it. No, I won't dance it again. Dance Done. It again. Yeah. Shoot. But at the end I did, I, and, I, and he wanted me on, maybe on bare feet, um, but I was like, oh, no, I have to protect my toes. So I wore ballet shoes. Um, but by the end I was like, ah, no, take those shoes off. I was barefoot in my retirement in that big piece, so loved it. Tell us about the film. How did it happen? Did somebody approach you about it? The film, uh, I was making Restless Creature. I fundraised for Restless Creature, and one of my um, supporters is a great New York philanthropist, Diana Domena, and um, she thought, oh, it would be so interesting to document this journey for you into this new project. And so she mentioned it to me, and I was like, are you kidding me? I can barely walk. I don't know, my career is like, uh, I'm not so sure, and I'm just really entering this world of question marks, and and it was just all too scary, and I was like, no, 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 we're not gonna do this. I might have to have surgery, I might be leaving the company, da da da, and she was like, exactly. <laughs> That's what we want, That's a good documentary, and I was like, but it's, I don't wanna go out on a low note, you know what I mean? Um, but then she, she invited me to meet her, the filmmakers that she had thought to work with. And both Diana and the film, one of the filmmakers, Adam Schlesinger, had daughters at the School of American Ballet in the same class. And so I sat with them, and, and then they decided, you know, maybe can we just shoot for one day and you could see what it's like. And I was like, oh, okay. And uh, I walked into the studio of Brzezhnikov Art Center, and the camera was on. I was like, oh. Cinema Verite, okay, that's good, I get you. I'm not gonna, I'm gonna pretend like you're not here. <laughs> um, and then they shot three hours of rehearsal, just nonstop, just, and I just was being. And then I was like, all right, I didn't mind that quality of film filmmaking. And then they interviewed me at home, um, and then I saw the footage. And I was like, oh, this filmmaker, this, uh, cinematographer really knows what he's doing. And my husband works with film as well, and he was like, yeah, this guy's really, really good. I don't know if you're gonna get a better cinematographer, honestly. And this guy, his name is Don Lenzer, and he's kind of a legend in uh, dance documentary filmmaking. So I was like, all right, we can do it another day. We could, another day and another day, and then we, finally they got through to my, uh, per, my premiere of my project. It's like, you guys, I have to have surgery. And they're like, can we go in the operating room? <laughs> <laughs> and they did, too. I mean, uh, yeah. Well, I was supposed to have surgery in New York, and they weren't going to let them go in the room. And I was like, that's fine, whatever. And then uh, four days before my surgery, I went and spoke 
I went to Canada, flew to Canada, and saw a different doctor who was kind of renowned in the field of this particular surgery. And um, he won me over. I was like, okay, I'm going to go to Vail. <laughs> so I went to Vail, and this doctor in Vail was like, eh, bring the cameras in. So they, you see the whole thing. Yeah, a lot of people can't watch the film, but it's my, uh, the surgery, but it's my favorite part of the film. So, because it's the only part I don't remember. So <laughs> I liked it. You look cute in your little blue I look good, yeah. Yeah, so. yeah, and I love that I have like makeup on. Because I was like, they're filming me. But you look really good you in the operating room. On the monitor, you see some blown up images of the yeah. inside of her hip, and you realize Wendy had this, uh, you can imagine just from hearing what we've heard today, but you had yeah. a steely resolve. And yeah. there were probably times that you were quite injured and you would go out on stage and dance. I mean, people don't usually I do I just two didn't ballets, believe that it was that bad. I was like, yeah. it can't be that bad. I've never had problems before. And then all of a sudden, you look at my hip and it looks like a look shattered yeah. inside. Yeah. Yeah, I, the, it's, the whole thing has an honesty to it that, you know, this is a magical world that we live in, um, that you come to watch, and I, I know you, you get some access to what goes on behind the curtain by hearing conversations like this. This one, really, if you're interested in ballet, you go behind yeah. the curtain, it's, and she lets it happen. You, you come across as so articulate, honest, beautiful, but there's tears, there's yeah. a few swear words for little ones, just so you know. <laughs> But, um, Surgery and swear words, that's the only thing you... But it's the nitty-gritty of yeah. a ballet company and a, yeah. and, a, and a person at the apex of their career, but also looking at that transition. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's a very tender time for a dancer as they decide to move away from what they've done their whole entire life, what they've dedicated their whole entire life to, to say goodbye, to make the decision to say goodbye to that and go into the real world or another world that you're not quite sure who you are in that world. And it's terrifying. And um, nothing in this film was planned. The, everything followed as you see it. Um, they didn't know I was having surgery. I didn't know I was having surgery. They didn't know I was gonna retire from New York City Ballet. I didn't know I was gonna retire from New York City Ballet. So it's all, it's all actually really in the moment that it unfolds. And uh, that's what I think is, I'm really proud of that fact that it's that, that real and that truthful. The film is called Restless Creature Wendy Whalen, so watch for it, coming to Seattle soon. Um, so we get, I can't remember, do we get clips of pictures in that film? Yeah, yeah, we do. yeah, yeah, there's yeah, a yeah. few rehearsals of the first. What, what should this audience know about pictures at an exhibition, which they're about to see? Oh, it's, it's a fantastic piece of work. Um, Pictures at an Exhibition was music written um, by Musgorski um, in honor of his friend, I don't know his name, but who was a great artist and who died. And um, the composer went to see an exhibition of this man's work. And he went from one image to the next image to the next image in an exhibition hall. And he wrote a piece for each of the images that he saw um, in that exhibition in honor of his friend. Um, I don't think this music was published until after he died. Um, and I think it just Ratmansky's choreography is so ingenious. And um, 
so colorful and so filled with ideas that even the smallest sections of it, and there are 15 sections and some are quite small and some are a little lengthier, but they're all really moments and um, images and different qualities and different colors. Um, the different images are titled different things. The titles don't have really anything to do with what you see in the dances, but there's um, an, uh, the dance that was made on me is called The Old Castle. There's nothing about a castle in it. Um, but it does have a feeling of something kind of decaying or crumbling or losing itself. And I was doing the same thing when he was making it. I was in that, I was in possession of that quality in my life. So um, there's a, a slight wave in the duet. Um, there is sometimes going to the floor, crumbling, some um, very high lifts. And the end of it is sort of this ascension. Um, and I just, I just think the poetry that I find in his work um, is really profound. And that's what drew me to his work when we first started working together. Um, there's uh, a section called Cows, and I, I heard the music for the first time. I, I, when I knew he was asking me to be in the piece, I went and got the music immediately, and I was like, what piece is he going to put me in? And I, and I knew right away. I was like, that's my music. And I was right. And then I listened to all the different pieces. I go, oh, well, this piece, this is going to be the guys, all the boys, all the men, and it's all the women. <laughs> and then I thought when I heard one of the pieces that's called the, the Dance of the Unhatched Chicks. It's very cute and uh, very light and funny, and I thought, oh, that's this girl, Abby Stafford. It's so her. Well, that's all the boys. So it, Ratmansky always does a twist. You know, what you think and what, what your first instinct is, he'll go the opposite direction. So I, I love that about his work. It's very unpredictable. His, I can see the ballet base for it, but it's so much movement that is not... Yeah. I mean, it doesn't even have a name. It's yeah, when I was, movements and impulses. When I was learning uh, everybody's movement, including remembering my own, I was like, um, what's this called? <laughs> There's no word for this. How do I write it down for my notes? So I have all these crazy, my own words for what these things are. But um, yeah, there's there's an idea of a sauté, but it's, it's not really, there's an idea of a jeté lift, but it's not. So, yeah. He's the most amazing demonstrator in the oh. studio, too. He just demonstrates yeah. with such conviction. And he doesn't necessarily resemble a dancer anymore, and he gets up and moves with such fluidity and conviction. It's He's really like a incredible. giant panther. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think you'll have an opportunity to work with him again, aside from being a stager as a, as a dancer? Ooh, that's a really good question. I don't know. I don't know. I think that would be up to him. I would, have, I would love to do anything by him, yeah. Um, you should know also for Wendy's retirement at the New York City Ballet, um, I don't think any other person on the planet could pull this one off, but um, she had a piece choreographed for her by Chris Wielden and Alexei Ratmansky, just a pièce d'occasion for that night. Yeah. So, they, uh, Chris did the first two sections and Alexei did the second two sections. Yeah. And I decided, I picked, uh, I picked them, I chose the music, I, I told them what sections they're going to create. I said, what per people I'm going to dance with. I was the boss. And they were like, yes, Wendy, yes, yes. yeah, Whatever you want, whatever you want. <laughs> I 
feel kind of good for once. Yeah. So you sound like you'd be a good artistic director. Do you oh. think about that? Or? <laughs> I don't know. I have um, a lot of inspiration right here. So. It's exciting, all the things you're working on. So we're looking forward Thanks, to Peter. it. Thanks, <laughs> Peter. We can open it up to you guys for questions before we head in to see this. But anybody want to? Yeah. Uh, movie name is Restless Creature, Wendy Whalen. The question, taking notes, is it working from video or is it annotated? Um, it's, uh, there's, it's only been done by the New York City Ballet ever, this piece. Um, this is the first time anybody but New York City Ballet has ever done this piece. So Pacific Northwest Ballet is the second company to ever do this. Um, so there's only one ballet mistress and me. So the ballet mistress that worked on it originally works on all of Alexei's work. And I called her immediately and I said, Lisa, I'm going to stage this piece. I might need your help. And she said, fine, come on in. But they, at the, they were doing, I don't know, 50 ballets this spring. And that was... You know, they rehearsed it for like three days, so it wasn't a whole lot of time that they spent on it. Um, but what I immediately did was I got with the pianist that plays it for the New York City Ballet, uh, Cameron Grant, and we worked through all the, the timings and all the, um, the score, like how to count it. And so he helped me really um, get that all decided, and then I, then I went to the video and deciphered all the steps for each set of counts. And I wrote it, and I didn't know how to do this. This is the first time I've done it. So painstakingly, like, I will not spit on my friend. <laughs> you know, like writing down on the chalkboard, I was like, plie on four, step on five. She does a turn on six with her right hand up and her left foot. It was ridiculous. So that's how I did it. <laughs> For the first time, I don't know if I'll do it again that way the second time, but I might. It did go in. I find that seeing it and really having to grapple with it and take it apart, put it through my eye, put it through my brain, down into my hand onto paper is a really good first step. <laughs> then I get a good idea of, of how it lines up, and then I start to learn the steps, and then I start to put it in my body, and then I try to express it, and then I try to get it out. But it. it went through a, def a few different um, filters before I could get to the point where I could felt ready to give it to somebody. So I have to tell them about your post on social media. Huh. It, Wendy was about a week away from coming here, and she was walking up, I don't know, oh, Amsterdam yeah. Avenue or something, and she ran into Gonzalo Garcia, who's one of the principals, and so she stopped him and said, can we just go over this one I was just step? going over your steps. Do you do this? And he goes, no, 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 no. He puts his bike on the side of the road. Trucks are coming. People are walking past it. He goes, no, it's like you go down, and then you go around. No, yeah, yeah, that's right. And we hit just both of us, and it's just hilarious. And, uh, and luckily, his friend was there and filmed the whole thing. So you can go on my Instagram, and, and you can see Gonzalo teaching me the steps that that you'll see tonight on the sidewalk of, of uh, Columbus his, Avenue and 66th Street. His, well, if people only knew what the talent they were seeing on that street. Oh, I know. Corner. No, it was, it was hat down, yeah, you know. 70th Street. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know exactly where it was. David. Justin Peck is fantastic. I have never worked with Justin Peck as a choreographer. I love his work. Um, 
and I, I actually did dance with him a couple of times, but he was um, a younger dancer. I love his work. I've never done any of his work, but I'm a big fan. Yeah. The other person I always forget to mention when talking with you is Jerome Robbins, because you worked with him a yeah. lot. Yeah, Peter and, and I, I worked. did his last ballet together, and he spent two years choreographing it. Like, <laughs> yeah. Come on, Jerry, let's get wind but this up. But it was up. the first time I got to dance with Peter was Jerry put us together in a, in a number of his works. Um, and one of them is on the program tonight, Opus 19, The Dreamer. Peter and I did that quite a bit together. She helped yeah. me retire with that. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So the question about yeah. dance on film, how do you feel about truncating a figure or cropping? Do you lose something with that? Or? Um, yeah. I think it I, I mean, there are it's really hard to make a dance film. It really really is. There's a there's a handful of people that are somewhat good at it or or really good at it. Um, yeah, it's hard. It takes a really really um great eye and understand someone that understands the movement and you have to go into a film knowing it's not going to be live and that it's somebody else's editing and so yeah sounds like you had some of the best to work with but did you also give comment on the shots or give it, them with your the, thoughts? my film yeah. no i had no say but there what i did ultimately i saw one sort of edit before the the final edit which I just saw when it premiered. <laughs> so I had one time to give my say. And um, they had limited time to show myself dancing because if they showed more than a certain amount of time, they have to pay out the, out the pocket. And, um, and they wanted to get a lot of different sections in of the different things I've done. And so I said, well, if you're going to have this much time for these kind of pieces, get the right yeah. moment. <laughs> you want to get pivotal moments in the piece that are iconic and lasting and memorable and so people can go, oh, of course. And it will sear their brain and not sort of a transition step where it's not quite anything. So ultimately I did get to say what moments for most of the film were chosen to show. So since retiring from New York City, what kind of physical workout or practice do you do? Well, I took his class today, which was really hard and good. Um, I don't usually take that hard of a class. I do try to take ballet class um, daily. I take um, a, a, a more of a, a spread out two-hour class. It's a little healthier for the body. <laughs> a little slower paced. Um, modern a lot of modern dancers taking it, and a lot of older people are in the class. Um, we repeat the combinations twice, so it's just it's a different kind of um, focus, a um, little more time spent on things. Um, besides that, I do gyrotonic, um, and I've really recently fallen in love with yoga, so I'm putting those things into um, my self care. Um, and then if I'm working on a project, I'll, I'll work with the choreographers for however long they want to work with. I'm starting a project on Monday, um, and I'll be working for like four hour, hours a day on a new 
with a new choreographer. So, time for about three more. Yeah. Um, when you uh, danced on the day that uh, Balanchine passed, mm -hmm. did you know he had when you danced, and how did that? Yeah. I oh sorry. The question: uh, the day Balanchine died, did Wendy know that he'd passed away, and how did that affect you? Um, I did know. I found out that morning uh, before I went into the theater. Um, I it was my I had only been at the school for eight months, so I was I was brand new. I had my roots were sprouted about that much into his world, unlike this one who had spent his whole childhood there and been in productions with New York City Ballet. So I was really a novice and really, you know, it was alarming and and intense but mostly because everybody around me was very much affected by it. So that's what I really felt was most um, potent that day around me. So I was just happy to get in, into his ballet and feel it in, as, in my body. That's what I really was happy about that. I take uh, the red shirt in the back. Good, nice, clear voice. Thank you. A question about, you know, <laughs> the frustration wanting, we're so used to pulling into face, really, but wanting all those toes that are far away from the face. Well, you know, there's those audience members that are diehard front row people, and they don't really care about the feet. They just want to see the sweat, you know? And then there's those people that need to be in the balcony so that they can look down on the patterns. And then there's those people that need to be in the middle so that they can see the, the footwork but not be too far away. Everybody has a different love. Um, but as a dancer, we want to show our whole body because it is our head to our toe and beyond. So we don't want to cut that off. And often you'll get a calendar, a dance calendar, and it cut off right in your mid-calf, right where it gets really fat, you know, and you're like, but that's not where it's pretty. You know, so that's frustrating because you're like, I, this, I, you know where you're, you're, you've worked your whole life to get a pretty fingertip, you know, and you're like, don't leave my hand out. So, you know, there's lots of different ways, but some people just want to look at that beautiful, you know, stage makeup. It's, just, it's everybody has their different love and why they come and where they sit. As you look at this program tonight, um, Wendy often danced, often with me, the ballerina role in Opus 19, The Dreamer, and the pas de deux that was created on her by Alexei Ratman. See, in pictures will be danced by Elizabeth Murphy in sort of yellow, right? Yeah. Isn't she mostly yeah. in yellow, yeah. yeah. So. Such a pleasure to speak with you tonight. Thanks for Thank joining you. us and for staying with us.